Hey everyone, welcome to another edition of From the Stands, the Cool Pick Show. This is the second last episode of 2020 and of From the Stands as well. As a reminder, we are rebranding the show to the Players Experience Podcast starting in January 2021. So we were really excited for that. But until then, I'd like to welcome on today's guest, Rod Black, TSN broadcaster for a number of years. He's covered so many sports, more than I can count really on my hands because he's done so much work with so many different great co-hosts. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about his work with the Special Olympics and a special relationship that him and Mike Pinball Clements share as well. Before we bring Rod onto the show, of course, we would just like to thank our production team, Jay Salty Photography, for the work that they do with the show each and every episode. And as well, I give a shout out to our sponsors, Hush Blankets and the Great North Apparel for their uh, products and for codes that they have sent me, which you guys can get access to. All you have to do is hit up the link in our Instagram and Twitter bios and you'll be able to get access to some great products at a discounted price. So make sure to hit up those. Now, without further ado, let's get Rod on and start talking about how we got into broadcasting and where it all started. Hey Rod, how's it going, man? Good, I'm doing great, thanks. Good, thank you for taking the time to be on the show today. How are things going in your life right now? Uh, Busy, busy as always. Holiday season around the corner. Uh, you know, I'd like to be doing more sports, obviously, right now, live sports. But, you know, I guess we're all kind of waiting this out. It's been a very strange year, Ryan, obviously. Um, but having said that, you know, I, I still try to keep busy and doing a lot of, of these, you know, a lot of these Zooms. Zoom seems to be an official sport now. So doing that. And uh, just trying to, you know, keep my family busy and everybody else. And, Hoping and above hope that I get my Christmas wish. You know what I want for Christmas? What's that? A vaccine. Yep. A vaccine so that uh, we don't have to go through this next year. But everything's going good. How about you? Good. Uh, I am good, man. Um, I'm glad to hear things are going well on your end. Same with mine. Just busy with work, busy with the podcast. Um, We're rebranding the podcast uh, in a couple episodes starting in January. So we're uh, really excited about that. And uh, outside of that, man, just been doing what you've been doing, Zoom calls with friends and family and catching up. And uh, and with Christmas uh, like a week away, uh, we're going to be like Zooming with my aunt and uncle and cousin who we normally see every year in Toronto, but they're out in New Brunswick right now. So um, it's definitely going to be a different holiday this year, but nonetheless, it'll still be good to be able to like see friends and family and, and know that everyone's still healthy. Yeah, well, the good thing is, you know, we have no excuses now. You know, before at Christmas time, if you didn't want to see certain relatives, you just didn't see them. But now with this Zoom thing, you know, it's it's very easy. So I, I encourage everybody who's watching or listening to to try to get together with friends and family. The, the, the bad news is this pandemic has certainly changed many people's lives, but what it shouldn't change is everybody's spirit. Uh, you know, there's a great opportunity to still connect with people, your friends, family, um, and, and maybe people that you haven't seen in a long time. And that's a great thing. And so on the other side of this thing, I always maintain, let's be better for it. And let's, uh, let's be better going out than we were going in. So I'm hoping for that. Well, let's uh, let's get into the broadcast side of things, and uh, and I want to learn about your experiences and, and your your favorite memories and things like that that you've had so far in your career. 
And uh, the, the first thing I wanted to find out from you is how did you get into broadcasting? Wow, that's a long one. How long is this podcast? You got a couple of days? Uh, I got in, Ryan, you know, I'm not going to say that I, I dreamed of becoming a sportscaster, although I always kind of thought it could happen, but I was, I was pretty young at the time and I was playing a lot of sports. I just played sports. That's all I did. My whole life has been about sports. And, you know, I, I watched, I, I never really watched a full game because I'd watch a period or a quarter or a half and I'd be outside playing and mimicking and, and trying to be like my heroes, whatever sport that was. And so I grew up in Winnipeg and, and that was my life just surrounded around sports. And then at a younger age, I was getting into theater and I was doing voices and I was doing some stuff on local radio stations. I was like 12 or 13. And then I became a, a DJ at a roller rink of all things. And I quite like that and being in front of a crowd and, you know, I, I guess around 17, I got a couple of offers, uh, scholarship offers to go to the United States to pursue sports opportunities, one in basketball, one in hockey. I was also into baseball. Um, and then as I was going on my way down for one of the visits, I decided to go back home and decided to go into a course called Creative Communications at Red River Community College in Winnipeg. And it kind of changed my life. And then a year later, I didn't finish the course, unfortunately, because a year later, I got my dream job. I was just turned 18, and I was hired at a local station in Winnipeg. And, you know, they just didn't hire – I was a kid. They didn't hire kids at the time. I didn't think. And it was – as it turned out, it was my – you know, honestly, my dream come true. It was like I won a lottery because since that day, and I've been doing it for a long time, almost 40 years now, it was um, it was my step, my first step. and. Then, you know, I've just been broadcasting ever since, eight years later. Well, first of all, you know, I did local sports and, you know, late night sports and reporting. And then I was a host of the Winnipeg Jets broadcasts. I uh, did a, work, a lot of work with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers there. And then uh, back in around 1989, I got a chance to do a lot of CTV work, hosted the Canadian Open golf event. And then a year later, I moved to Toronto um, to take over as host of, CTV Sports at the time, which was rebranding itself, and got a chance to host an Olympics. Uh, you know, that was part of the job to, to, to host a couple of Olympics. So that was kind of cool. And, you know, I, I'm in the middle of that, I also got a job offer in Tampa Bay to, to be the play-by-play -play announcer for the Lightning. So I had to make a choice there. So I stayed in Toronto, and it's it's been great, obviously. I mean, I, I live for sports. I love sports. I love broadcasting sports. And I mean, like like your background there, I'm you know I'm I got sports on today. I'm I'm going to be watching it all day long. That's all I do, and I still love to play, but I love to call the games and I love to be at the games. So it's uh, it's been a great job. It's been a lot of hard work, but you know what? I honestly, Ryan, I you know if somebody said you know you have to do this for nothing and they didn't have to pay you, I'd still do it. Just don't tell them that, okay? We'll, we'll keep that between you and Reed, don't worry. All right. uh, but you know what? At the end of the day, it's not really work if you enjoy the job. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's what my dad gave me some great advice. He said, find a job that you love and you'll never work a day in your life. And I, I, do, I do work hard. I mean, you know me. I mean, I do a lot of different events. And so, yeah. uh, you know, normally, not a pandemic year, but normally I'm busy doing a different sport, you know, probably three or four times a week and trying to stay busy doing as much as I can. People always ask me, I'm sure one of your questions is what's your favorite sport to cover? And I, I will tell you whatever is it is today, you know, whatever sport there is today. I love, I love them all. 
That's fantastic. And it's really great to know that because like we've known each other for a number of years now through the Special Olympics and we'll get into that. And um, you're right, I do have some questions about your time with CTV Sports then and, and covering, covering sports, but like the, the being in Toronto, like being in Toronto for the most recent set of years and covering like the CFL and NBA more primarily, um, what's been one of your like favorite memories between those two sports being able to cover? Well, I mean, the obvious winning an NBA championship with the, with the uh, Toronto Raptors. Here, I'll just hang on one second. I'm going to show you. Hang on. All right. Hang on. Hang on. I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm coming. Um, hang on. I'll give you another one. Uh, there we go. Hang on. I didn't go away from you. I'm still here. Yeah. So, yeah. So, you know, covering the Raptors, I've been there since day one back in 1995. And one of my – most cherished memories is, is this night is with, with Jack Armstrong and Matt Devlin, my buddy, Leo Routens and I, that was courtside at Oracle arena the night they won. And I'll cherish this forever because you know, we're a team as well. I mean, we don't play, we just broadcast, but we're a team. Everybody on the, you know, on the broadcast unit is a team. I consider them all teammates uh, on, on every sport I cover. And so, you know, and obviously that was great. And the parade was great. And, and for the CFL, I think, you know, there's a lot. I think every year is different. I mean, this was a bad, you know, crazy year. No CFL first time in 100 years. But, you know, I mean, there we go. And there we go. You know, yeah. 2017 Argo Grey Cup was phenomenal. It was phenomenal. Um, you know, the fact that they were severe underdogs. I don't root for anybody. I don't cheer. I mean, I do have a team that I secretly cheer for, the Minnesota Vikings, just because, just because. I, I grew up and I like their uniforms, I think. Um, but I cheer for great games and I cheer for people and I cheer for athletes. And I, I, I really cheer for great finishes. And that was one of the most spectacular finishes when the Argos won in 17. When the Argos won in 2012 as well, the 100th Grey Cup in Toronto, that was spectacular. Watching guys like the guy behind you there, Chad Owens, um, who, you know, I had an opportunity to get to know and Ricky Ray and all of those guys. But Every year is so different. Uh, the 2016 Grey Cup, uh, which was won, you know, in Toronto by the Ottawa Red Blacks, that was spectacular. Um, the guy, other guy behind you, rest in peace, Tony Fernandez, you know, one of the, the greatest Blue Jays ever. I, I mean, I love Tony. I got a chance to cover the Blue Jays, too. I mean, before that, back in 1992 and 90, 1993, I, I hosted the Blue Jay broadcast, and then I called the Blue Jay games, you know, from – 98 to 2000 I think it was with Joe Carter and then of course I went over to TSN and uh, we called games alongside Pat Tabler for you know 2000 till or you know the 90s till like 2007 or 8 and then we obviously Rogers bought the team but um, I, you know I have so many great memories from all of the teams and hockey too you know I do a lot of hockey and um, I, I, it's funny that though you know I, I don't really like I don't really keep stuff. I don't keep souvenirs and I, I kind of keep memories and moments. And I, I kind of, everybody says, what's your, mo your greatest memory? I said, it's probably tomorrow, you know, whatever, whatever it may bring. I mean, I just love the games and the fact that I've, I've had a front row seat and not had to pay for the ticket <laughs> for a long time. And uh, it means, yeah, that, you know, to me, it's, 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 it's been special. I mean, so there's so many people ask me all the time. I mean, Mike, we were winning the masters. I got to be there at the time. But there are so many great moments. That's sports. That's sports. Women's hockey, which I love doing. Figure skating, which I love doing. 
Special Olympics, going to Special Olympics events, which I love doing. So there's so many great memories. It's really tough to put one, but I definitely put the, the Raptors uh, NBA championship win uh, right up there with the Blue Jays win back in 92 and 93. That's great. And I know for me, like I was too young for the 92-93 World Series um, where um, the like, I was like, what, two or three years old when that happened because I was born in 90. But the Raptors parade was definitely something special because you go to the Raptors parade. Oh, I 100 percent did. I booked off that. Where day. were you? Uh, I was Queens uh, University and uh like adelaide area right on the corner just south of uh nathan phillips square were you squished oh i was i was squished and it was so yeah. fun because there, there were so many memories because the parade was delayed we ended yeah. up having it was a long parade they, they should have done a better job because they, a lot of honestly a lot of people could have got seriously hurt I, and you know they obviously had an incident but it was it wasn't very well planned in fact i just think the parade just ended I think it's, it, yes, it just ended. No, <laughs> but it 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 was uh, it was spectacular. I'll never forget. It. I was at City Hall and watching them come in. We waited for hours, but you know, I'm sure, like you know, what I'm, I'm sure you probably remember, or, or it, it's hard now to think about. It was probably one of the last times, you know, over the last certainly year, year and a half, that we had a chance to be close to people without being socially distant and without being wearing a mask. I couldn't imagine a parade now. I mean, I know they went through it in Tampa with the, the Stanley Cup champions. And, you know, in L.A., I don't think they had their parade for the Lakers. I mean, it's it, it, it just seems so different to, to watch those pictures of people just squish like this. I mean, I hope that we get to a day like that again. We definitely will at some point. And maybe that year will be the Toronto year. The Raptors will win. The Leafs will win. The Jays will win everything and have all the parades in a row, you know. Let's hope. Yeah, let me see. So who do you think? That's very I'm going to say, but let's put the odds on. Who's going to win first, the Blue Jays, the Raptors, or the Leafs? Probably the Raptors. Yeah, I see. I would go – and, and th this is nothing against the Raptors. I just think the Raptors are sitting tough now because they're – I still think the Raptors will win again. But I think the – I honestly believe the Toronto Maple Leafs will win a Stanley Cup in the next couple of years. I think they're loaded up. I think they got a really good chance. I think that – uh, finally, a dream. 1967. By the way, you aged yourself. I was only five years old from Winnipeg. I wasn't really a big Leaf fan, but it's hard to believe it's taken that long, you know, for you know over 50 years for a, a, a Maple Leaf Stanley Cup to happen again. Yeah. But I also think the Blue Jays got a really good, serious chance within five years. And you might be right. It might be. Let's say three years from now. And depending on if the, the Raptors can get some big star players, not mentioning who, they could, you know, I honestly thought the Raptors could have won this year again. I mean, that, you know, had Pascal Siakam and others played a little bit better in the bubble, I think the Raptors had a real legitimate shot. But, yeah, that you know, your, your uh, fantasy, your fantasy might come true. Yeah, well, only time will tell. Now, while you've been able to do broadcasting and coverage of so many different sports throughout your career, you've obviously been to so many different stadiums and different cities and, mm. and gotten to explore and ex experience like the, the culture with, with different cities and that. What has been your favorite stadium to visit so far out of like any sport? Well, let's go. Why don't I go through them all? Um, my favorite arena for hockey is Bell Center in Montreal. 
Okay. And it's not that it's spectacular or anything. It is. It's the crowd. You know, they fit 20,000 in. It's just magic when you're inside it. There's such a vibe. It's loud. The screen's great. I would put uh, Detroit's new arena, uh, Caesars, up there just because I love the statues. I, would, I love the statues around there. Uh, old Chicago Stadium, I had a chance to be there when it was just old, richety stadium, but it was it, it, it had it, the ghost spoke there. It was there was a, such a vibe. I remember going there in the All Star Game years ago, the Desert Storm All Star Game. For baseball, I would definitely say you know the the, the classics. I, I love Wrigley Field, uh, Fenway Fenway Park, and I, you know Wrigley Field is actually they've, they've done a lot of nice things, but I. Fenway Park, I, I say to everybody, it's the most beautiful garbage dump you'll ever be around. It's 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 old, and again, it's rickety, uh, and you know, there's kind of smells and scents there. You you see kind of rats running around, but it's polished as well, and it's beautiful. And you just know the history of all the players who played there, like you know, from the recent Red Sox to Carl Yastrzemski to Ted Williams to to Babe Ruth. You know, the the greats have played there, and. Fenway is is magical. Dodger Stadium spectacular. I'm going through a lot of them. I, I you know those the older ones really resonate to me because I think a lot of the newer stadiums look the same. If you take that wide shot, they all look the same. The arenas, the, the stadiums look the same. Minnesota's new football stadium is spectacular. I had a chance to visit there. Um, you know Irving Field where the Cowboys play that is spectacular. The NBA. I would say the best arena experience in the NBA probably used to be Oracle Arena before they made the new one in Golden State. But the best experience, I believe, in the NBA, and this is not biased, is in Scotiabank Arena. Uh, the Raptor fans are incredible. It, it's absolutely incredible, especially with Jurassic outside. You know, they'll put statues up eventually there. I mean, I, I also, I'm also going to say Rogers Center. I know they're thinking about tearing it down, but... Rogers Center for me has a lot of great memories. And I know some people say, oh, it's not baseball. When that place is packed, Ryan, yeah. on a beautiful starlit night, and you're looking up at the dome, you're looking up at the CN Tower, it is special. There have been so many magical memories that have been crafted in that place. And, uh, you know, I defy anybody. I mean, it's, it, it, is, it is really, really special. And here's the other thing. I also don't believe the Toronto Blue Jays would have won those two world championships or been in playoffs without that dome because the weather, quite frankly, is can be horrible in yeah. October. And they wouldn't have been able to play any games. They would not have been able to play any games back in 92. They probably would have rained out or snowed out every night. So I guess I gave you a lot of different ones there. Um, you know, and for, I went to uh, Wembley um, and in uh, England uh, during the Olympics. Uh, I went where Man U plays. So they're all special, man. There, there's so many special places. But also for me, some magical places are places I used to play. My backyard lot, the, the basketball net across the street, which was on a pole, which I played in the kit when I was a kid. This little diamond that had barely had any grass. Or I, I, I pretended I was Pete Rose or Rod Carew, um, and we created our own Fenway Park. Um, my, my Pirates Community Club in Winnipeg, I wake up in the morning and – and skate down the back lane. That's how cold it was. Skate down the back lane. Walk there at six o'clock in the morning. People would yell at me to stop shooting pucks that early in the morning. <laughs> and you know, Gross Isle, Manitoba, this where I played for the Gross Isle Blue Jays. It was a field of dreams. So I think 
having said all of that, you know, your greatest memories are also the places you play. So there are, and, and we need, we, one of the great things in Canada, we need some more, but we have so many great places to play. For sure. And it's really incredible. And we're very fortunate to have those places uh, to be able to play as well. Um, I know, like for me, for Special Olympics, um, the my one of my favorite things was going to nationals a couple of years ago uh, and having my family being able to come out. So there was like this little just like backyard. It looked almost like a backyard baseball diamond. There was two diamonds there that they had rejigged for the nationals. And it was great. It, it felt like home and it felt like you're playing in the backyard for sure. Now, yeah. Talking about memories and creating those experiences, uh, we're talking about the CFL. Obviously, you do the work in the broadcast booth with the CFL, and you have a really close relationship with Mike Pinball Clemens. It always seems that you guys have a thriving relationship at any event you go at. You always throw jazz <laughs> yes, on each yes, other. Right, right. Yes, 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 right, yes, 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 right, yes. He's my, my favorite guy. I love him. He's so cute, cute and cuddly. Yes, 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 right, right, right. Yes, go ahead, Ryan. Go ahead. Yes. <laughs> that just says right there. That's amazing, yo. That's pinpointing. I'm gonna have to share that with Mike and be like, yo, we need to yeah, do yeah. Clip, but. I here's here's the thing. Like you, you've met him. Yeah. When you meet this man, I've met. I've been so lucky. I am blessed. I have met so many great people in sports. No one, no one is better than Michael Pinball Clements. No one has a bigger heart. No one is as smart. No one has been as talented. No one has been as dominant. He, um, he may be short in stature, uh, the way he played, but the way he played was spectacular. Just Google him, YouTube him. I mean, I think people think of, you know, a lot of youngsters think of pinball as this, this little cuddly little guy who's, who's, who's wound up full of energy and gives a lot to the community and his foundation, which is spectacular. But they don't see, you know, they forget how great of a player. He was one of the greatest players ever ever he his story is incredible from his you know his mom who who you know brought him up in Dunedin Florida what a great connection that is you know to to Toronto Dunedin being the the farm uh, you know the, the spring training site of and, and a farm site for the Toronto Blue Jays yeah. uh, but to know what he did in a, as a player but then to know him as a man and a family man uh, I you know we are so lucky to have him around I always kind of wished he would would have run for prime minister or I don't think he can because he's an American, but I think he's, you know, I think he's actually maybe has his Canadian citizenship now. Uh, but he and Diane and their daughters, um, I just have so much uh, love for him. Uh, and especially around kids, what he does around kids, what he does around the special Olympics. Uh, he never says no to anything. He can teach us all a great lesson. He never has a bad day. It's like, Hey, uh, pinball. Um, sorry. You, Somebody just crashed into your car. Oh, it's that's okay. That's okay. My my double, pinball. Your house is on fire. That's okay. Yes, yes, yes. That's okay. That's he's just that kind of a guy, and he is so positive. And uh, for all of those reasons, I just think he is um, one of the greatest people uh, on our planet. And I would do anything for him. I love the man dearly, uh, as we all do. And it's kind of been sad this year that we, you know, we, unfortunately in COVID, we haven't been able to, to see him. Because what, what, Ryan, what's one of the first things Pinball Clemens does to you? He comes up and catches up and be like, hey, how are you? How are things? What does he do to you? What does he do? Gives he gives me a hug. hug. And so, you know, I hope there's going to be a day, I mean, that we all get a chance to hug. I mean, he's, 
he's he's a special special man and uh maybe he should get into politics someday but i you know football's his calling and uh like i said i i i just think the world of him i'm really excited to see what him and the team have in store for 2020 yeah. for sure yeah. but you know he's what? A, yeah he's a, he was a brilliant coach too and yeah. you know as a as a general manager i mean he knows talent he knows talent um and he also know he, even though he's got a great heart he's got a he's he's smart and stern he knows that hey one of the things that you know when you get a player you 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 sign a player you know essentially you sign them to replace them someday so that is going to probably you know be, be one of the things he has to do but i think he if pinball if somebody's going to give you a pink slip or tell you that you're going to get cut i think pinball clemens would deliver a pretty good message i think so as well now, looking back at your time with CTV Sportsnatch, um, in 99 to 2000 and 2002 to 09, you touched on it, about being able to sit in the broadcast booth with Joe Carter and Pat Tabler. What was it like to be able to cover games with those two individuals and just share their stories and their experiences? Mm. Well, again, Joe is a lot like uh, Pinball Clemens, and Joe is obviously one of the greatest heroes like Pinball. Yep. I mean, one of the greatest home runs. People forget that you know Joe Carter also – two World Series in a row, touched the baseball, you know, the last guy to touch the baseball. Uh, one with a bat in 93 and one with the glove in 92 because you know, Mike Timlin threw that to first base when Otis Nixon, for some reason, bunted. And, and we beat the Atlanta Braves. Uh, but Joe Carter is a, another special guy. He has a events, has a great golf event, the best golf event every year. Uh, we, you know, we become great friends through the years. In fact, uh, I was... Uh, in 2000, my, my first son was born, Tyler, and I remember he was born downtown, and, and we I had a game. I had a game the next day, uh, a Blue Jays game, and I thought, well, it, I don't think we were ready. My wife, Nancy, was ready to have the baby yet, and uh, Joe says, don't worry. Whatever happens, you know, just come to my hotel and stay at my hotel. You know, you're right downtown. Don't worry about that. Well, I, I thought we'd get a replacement the next day because it was going late, but they couldn't. And so I still had to do the game against the Cleveland Indians. It was a 12:30 start. So here I am, you know, waiting, waiting. And about, well, I could know it was 3.21 a.m. when he was born. And I had to, you know, I, I didn't know what to do. I mean, I stayed with my wife and the newborn. A very proud moment, obviously. But I still got to work later that day. So I left over the hospital around six. I went to Joe's room, ended up staying in his room. Actually, I think I slept in his bed with him. <laughs> it was like crazy. And that's the kind of guy Joe Carter is. He's just so inviting. And anyways, went and did the game that day. It was obviously, you know, jacked up. I didn't need any Red Bull or anything like that because I just become a brand new dad. What is a day I'll never forget? And, you know, to, we, all, we almost named, uh, we also almost named him Carter, but I just thought that was a, a lot of pressure to put on the kid. Uh, but, uh, it was, it was, Joe's that, that, that says everything about Joe and we've become such great friends through the years and, and Pat Tabler, similarly, when, when Pat started coming into the booth, I mean, I, I was never around. I, I knew Tabby from the 92 world series when he was, you know, predominantly one of the guys who came off the bench and, and, uh, also has one of the greatest batting averages with, with bases full, uh, in baseball history, by the way. And, you know, I, I, I knew he was doing studio work with us and then started to do 
the in booth stuff, and it was just great. He just became such a great friend, one of my best friends. I, I miss him dearly now because I, you know, I, we don't cover the games anymore. But uh, just got a chance to travel, you know, around all these stadiums. We golf a lot together. One of the things I think Ryan is, you know, and this might be good advice for anybody who's who's who's, who's watching is, you know, your team—they're all teammates. No matter what you do, you know, the people you work with. Uh, no matter who they are, no matter what age, no matter what gender, no matter where they come from, uh, you know, they are the people you're going to hang around with. They hang out, you're, you're like, they're like family. And so I, I, I would say through the years, I've had so many of those kind of people with me, you know, and, and especially Tabby, especially Joe. And uh, it, it, to this day, that's, you know, you're most proud of the fact that, you know, you still call them all friends. So it was, uh, it was great to work alongside those two. That's incredible. And, and just having those stories and those experiences, like you said, you don't have to collect a lot of stuff, you collect the memories, and those are definitely memories yeah. from the last lifetime. Yeah. You know, talking about you and collecting a few things, you've collected a couple of awards along your broadcasting career. In 2005, you won the Sports Media Canada Award as an Outstanding Sports Broadcaster. You've also earned five Gemini Award nominations for Best Sports Broadcaster. And on top of that, in 2013, you received the Queen Elizabeth II Diamond Jubilee Medal for your volunteer work with Plan Canada. What's it like to get all those awards, all the nominations, and seeing all of the hard work and determination that you've done over the years pay off? Yeah, well... It's flattering. I, I, I didn't get into the business to win any awards. Uh, those, those ones are the two that I'm most proud of. Those are the, the Queen's Jubilee uh, Awards. I work with Plan Canada. You know, I had a chance to travel the world and it gave me a great perspective. And, you know, obviously stuff that I've done with Special O. So I've got, those, those are my, you know, if, if anything I look at some days when I need motivation, I look at that. Um, but the, you know, the Sports Media uh, Broadcast Award was, was very special. Uh, because it's from your peers, um, and you know that that was flattering. Uh, the other nominations, and I've, I've yeah, I've had a few. Um, they've all been great. Uh, but again, I, I I go back to what I said. I you know I'm, I'm not I'm not sitting here talking to you without the great analysts that I work with and the great company that I work with. You know, right there and and CTV and Bell Media and before that Sportsnet and uh, you know you're you're. you're <laughs> Those people share in whatever award you get uh, through the years. All those awards. That, that that the only reason I'm there is because of them. And I I've, I you know I've been lucky to get you know a number of awards, but I've been lucky to have so many more commentators. I'm sure I have the record for um, the most ever color commentators worked with because I do so many sports. So you know people like Tracy Wilson and Brian Orser and Debbie Wilkes. Uh, through the years in skating and Leo Routens in basketball and Jack Armstrong and Sam Mitchell and Morris Peterson, you know, you go on and on in golf, Jim Nelford, uh, who I shared a booth with for so many years and so many magical, magical memories. And David Faraday, we gave him a start in Canada for goodness sake. Uh, one of the funniest men I know. Um, and in hockey, you know, I had a chance to work with so many people like, uh, Mike Johnson and Glenn Healy in the booth in, in the NHL and Mike Keenan and women's hockey with Cheryl Pounder, who is a phenomenal uh, analyst, a great, great person. Uh, you know, you, you just go down football. My, my friendship with Dwayne Ford is, is one that I cherish. I mean, we're, we're inseparable on the road. I just like watching him eat sometimes, but the guy was a phenomenal football player and even better guy. 
love him dearly and, you know, Leif Pedersen before him. So yeah, you can see I'm giving you a lot of names here, you know, and it could, could go on and on and all the different, all the different sports that I, I've been fortunate. And, and, you know, my co-host for the Special Olympics Limitless Gala for many, many years, Jennifer Hedger, who I have a tremendous amount of respect and, and fondness for. She's such a great person and vibrant personality, a great sports, a great broadcaster. And a great co-host as well. So, yeah, I've been so, again, and, and the baseball, obviously, with, with Tabby and with Joe Carter. And I did some down in the States as well, a lot of freelance stuff with others. And, you know, I did tennis with, gosh, you know, uh, oh, my goodness, Tracy Austin, John McEnroe, and uh, oh, Robert Bettower, and Don Fontana, and, you know, <laughs> Boxing with uh, so many, so many great boxing analysts, you know, through the years as well. Um, it, it just, I, I'm going through all this. And, and, and motorsports, you know, Scott Goodyear worked with us for a while. And uh, skiing with Todd Brooker. <laughs> and, you know, I've done stuff with Brian Stemmel. Uh, the Olympics, you know, the Olympic sports with Susan Ock and speed skating and short track speed skating. And uh, Kyle Schufelt, who is one of the champions members, uh, network members. Kyle, who is a great person. I did the Olympics and, and uh, gymnastics with him. So I'm just kind of going through these. He's bringing up great emotional memories for him. I love all of these people. They have been just tremendous to work with. They are, you, you know, they are an appendage. They are like your, you know, your twin for whatever long that takes to work with. So it's... Um, it's it's been quite a ride and it's not over yet i got you know that sports is coming back i want to do more oh exactly and you know what i'm so glad honestly i'm actually glad that you listed all of those people and all of those individuals because one of my questions was going to be um has there been one or two individuals that made an impact on your career and on your life you just provided a handful <laughs> again you you yeah. your career as a team, you don't go through your career individually. And that's how, yeah. honestly, you have the best experiences. Like, look at me with Special Olympics. I was a mm -hmm. shy, quiet kid in high school, believe it or not. Look at you now. Now you're a podcast king. Now, now Joe Rogan is calling you. Yeah. Look at you. Right? <laughs> yeah. well, hey, one day, maybe. But, uh, no, it, it's great because I've been able to get those experiences and work with a great team at Special Olympics as well and being able to meet individuals like yourself and uh, a lot of individuals that you mentioned, like Jennifer Hedger, like Kyle Schufelt, um as well. And, and it's truly just a remarkable feeling to have, again, that team to help support you uh, no matter where you go in your career. Yeah, no, it is. And it's, uh, hey, uh, it's, you know, it's not about – it's not about all that, all those things that you, you know, you accomplish in life. It's or do in life. It's the the people that you touch and people who have touched you and and, and you remember them by. And you know, I, we all, sh you know, you learn it probably at a young age. You know, it's sometimes it's best to also listen and share and get advice from and just be around. And I I love, you know, people call me a broadcaster or you know, an announcer, I would say I'm a storyteller. I like to tell stories and I like to listen to great stories too. And, and sometimes stories, you know, maybe they take on a life of their own or they become fabricated through the years or get, get become more legendary. But, uh, you know, the great thing about these stories is that, you know, they, 
they, they, some of them have, have happy endings, some of them have very sad endings, but you learn. You learn from stories. And so storytelling is, to me has been um, probably the, the main thread of, of my career. Uh, and I love it. I love telling the stories of the athletes more than anything. The athletes and the builders and the coaches and the parents. I love those stories because every, I think every athlete's kind of like a snowflake, but they've all, they're all different, but they're all the same in that they've had one, one word that has always been ingrained in their minds. And that word is belief. They've had an incredible belief to get to that next level. And I, I see that in every athlete, every successful athlete, every, and you know, transform it into business, Ryan, transform it into whatever, transform it into family. I just think that, 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 that the ability to share life, life would really suck if we couldn't share it with somebody. And that's kind of what, you know, May has made 2020 uh, tough to digest is because we just haven't been able to share. A, a, thank God for Zoom, Zoom. I think Zoom actually maybe started the virus. I'm not sure. I mean, it's, it's like, like, thank God because we, we've been able to, to connect. Life is about connections. 100%. Now I just have a couple more questions before we let you go. Um, talking about the stories with the athletes and the, the moments with the parents and, and family members and things like that. We met each other through the Special Olympics movement, uh, again, like I said earlier on a number of years ago, and it's always a blast catching up with you at events, yeah. it's at Argo Games, at galas, wherever it may be. What's it like, or how has it been able, uh, or how has that been for you to be able to give back through to the community through Special Olympics, but also just mainly know that you've made an impact on so many individuals' lives through the Special Olympics? Yeah, I mean, Special Olympics has been, you know, it's the greatest word ever, first of all, special, because it is special. And, you know, when you first get involved, I think a lot of people don't know a lot about it. And, you know, when I was growing up in Winnipeg, there was a great Special Olympics movement there, but I don't think it had uh, quite the momentum it has now. And because of Dr. Frank Hayden, because of Special Olympics Canada and all of those fabulous people and volunteers and sponsors, and I will also say because of TSN, you know, the late Jim Thompson, who was able to, to hand off his vision to great people like Rick Brace and Keith Pelly and Rick Chisholm and Stuart Johnston and Mark Milliere and Paul Graham and all of these people through the years. TSN has really carried this tradition on of, of identifying uh, the athletes and, and making sure that they had proper respect. And I think that's the word is respect. It's humanity. And I've got to know you. I mean, you're one of my best pals. And, and I've got to know Troy and Arthur through the years. And not, not just great athletes. I think about Sebastian Amell, who I think is a buddy of yours, too, who is a great, great, great guy. We keep in touch all the time. Tess Trojan. You get to meet so many of the, the Special Olympics athletes. And I'm sure this is a, you know, I'm, I'm talking to a Special Olympic athlete, a, a decorated one in yourself, is that all you want is respect. All you want is the same kind of respect that, you know, a, a, a professional athlete or, you know, athletes are athletes. We're all human uh, because, you you know, th th we call them athletes with intellectual disabilities. But I don't treat that. I don't like that word disability because I think the abilities are incredible. As, as all of those so-called disabilities people talked about through the years, I have seen so many incredible abilities I've watched you grow into this great man that you are because of Special Olympics. I've watched uh, Special Olympics do to, to families and kids um, uh, and older kids, uh, transformative things, transformative things. 
And I just think that, could you imagine if there wasn't special, what, what would you do without Special Olympics? I mean, your life would go on, you try to find, you'd, have, you'd need your, your support group, but could you imagine life? And I guess that's what 2020, I mean, people have forgotten, like, you know, we've forgotten about our, you know, this. here's the other thing, Special Olympics allows you to be active, be part of a team. And you, you know a, a variety of Special Olympics athletes who have varying forms of intellectual disability. It's a change, you know, they're, they're all the same. <laughs> Everybody's the same. That's what I love. Everybody's the same. And that, and to know that, that oath, that oath to me is, those are the greatest words ever spoken. Let me win, but if I cannot win, let me be brave in the attempt. Those words are magic. They are magic. And I think it's a, not only just the words that Special Olympians should live by, we should all live by those words. So, you know, Ryan, through, through getting to know all, all of you Special Olympians, getting to know Special Olympics, I think it, everybody always thanks, thank you for doing Don't thank me. I want to thank you. I want to thank Special Olympics. You've enriched my life, made it better, you know, made it better, un, making it understand, you know, what people have to go through. And I, the, your parents, I mean, you know, the parents who are angels in many ways, the coaches, the volunteers. Keep in mind, this is pretty much a volunteer-driven uh, organization. Thousands and thousands and thousands through the years have been able to volunteer, and I encourage anybody to get involved. Once, you, once you're involved, it's like that, what's the, this, is it Scarface movie? Every time I'm out, they drag me back in. Once you are in with Special Olympics, you are in for life. It is a love affair that is everlasting. Without a doubt. And again, I thank Special Olympics and I thank TSN for letting us develop the friendship that we've developed over the years as well. Now, my last question for you is you've had all your experiences come forth. Um, you've been able to kind of rekindle that, those moments today. And what kind of words of wisdom would you want to give to the next generation of sportscasters that want to get into the industry and not just make a name for themselves or not even make a name for themselves, but just have those new experiences for them to develop. Don't take my job. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Uh, Wait till Rob retires, then looking to get into it. Yeah, no, no. I, I, I admire everybody who's gotten into it. It's, first of all, it's a very difficult business to get into. It was not like when I was, and it was hard then too, but now you really have to go to school. I, my, my advice is, I think it's the same advice, Ryan, I, I get, we talked about it at the beginning, is, is find that path that you love and, and put your heart and soul into it. Work so hard. I mean, again, you know, people see that side of us being on TV or doing games, but, you know, you don't see the hours and hours and hours of watching and rewatching games and watching athletes and writing and writing and writing. I, I, will, give that, I will give that advice. Write, 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 write. It forms your narrative. Write, write, write. W-R-I-T-E, write, and make it R-I-G-H-T, write, um, and be a good storyteller, and here's, a, here's a, a really, I think, a good one, be yourself. I think some people try, don't become the next me or the next Brian Williams or the next Pinball Clemens or, or whatever, uh, or, or Jennifer Hedger or Kate Burness, or become yourself, be, become yourself, be, be comfortable in who you are and sell yourself and and make sure that when you do sell yourself you you, you come with knowledge uh you come with uh the ability to tell great stories you come with a sense of humor self-deprecation 
you will never be as good as anybody thinks you are, and you'll never be as bad as anybody thinks you are, but, you know, and, and live it, and live it, and love it. Those, I mean, that's, that's, that's been my journey, and it still continues. Again, like I said, I've loved, I love it every single day. I'm so lucky, and uh, I think that's great. I think that's really good advice for, for anybody who gets in, and and again, I think you got to find a school like, you know, find there, there are great courses out there. You just can't walk into a, a station, for instance, and say, hey, I'm going to put me on the air. Or, um, and by the way, broadcasting might not be, you know, you might think you might want to be uh, to be an on-air personality or broadcaster, but I can tell you so many who have gone in and then they've channeled it to production or direction or, or management. Uh, I can't tell, I can tell you right now, there have been so many young interns that I have met through the years uh, that have come aboard. And I love, you know, the interns come. I want them to do stuff. I don't want them to just fetch us coffee. So many of those interns, Ryan, are now my boss. <laughs> so they become bosses. So treat them the same way coming up as you would. And here's a good, here's another good intern story is that, you know, I used to do the Expos games as well and, uh, in Montreal in the 90s. And, uh, and even up until when the Expos left, and I'll never forget, there was this young intern who kept calling me Mr. Black. Mr. Black, Mr. Black, can I get you some, can I get you, he would fetch me my stats, and he was just, he was around a lot, and he kept calling me, and I don't, you know me, I call me Rod. <laughs> Please, don't stop it, stop it. You know, he's, he was unbelievable. He was one of the best interns I've ever been around. He'd be there right with you. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't shake him, actually, sometimes. And that intern is now the general manager of the Atlanta Braves, Alex Anthopoulos. So, you know, and, and I guess that's the thing. Start here, aim high, write it down, write your dream down. A, a dream can't take flight until you write it down and you never know where you can land up. You never know where you can land, where you can finish, uh, and just keep aiming. Never be satisfied. So that's a lot of advice, but, you know, I think we all can do it, and especially during this past year. This is probably going to be a good time to, to train and get better and, I really want to encourage all the Special Olympics athletes. I know you probably have a great following of all of them who are watching. To all of you, first of all, I miss hugs and I miss seeing you. Um, but I also want to make sure that during this time, you still can get outside. Get outside and train. And, you know, you can walk, you can run if you can. Uh, make sure that you uh, try to do something that, that replicates very similar to what your sport is. You, yeah, you may not have been able to play a team sport, but be ready. Because guess what? This will end. It will be better. Everything will be better. I promise you. I know it'll be better. It'll be better for Special Olympics, too. So I really encourage all of those athletes out there who are, who are watching. And yeah, you might have missed something this year. You'll get it back. You'll get it back. Just be ready. Don't, don't be just sitting around watching Netflix all day. Although, if you're going to watch Netflix... Don't watch a Tiger. Oh, no. But if you're going to watch... If you're going to watch anything, sit around and watch TSN. No, no. Uh, but don't just, don't just think that, you know, you have to stay inside all the time, get outside, be active. That's what special Olympics is about win. And if you cannot win, be brave in the attempt. Great words of wisdom and advice from Rod Black. Thank you, sir, for taking the time to be on the show. I really appreciate it. Um, it's 
just hearing your stories and your experiences is is so heartwarming to me and again i'm thankful for our friendship and yeah. i look forward to seeing what 2021 brings for both of us well yeah we're gonna see each other i, I can't give you a hug give you a COVID hug okay give me a hair no, give me a COVID hug. hug there yeah. you go yeah. i'll give you a COVID hug there you go and yeah ryan good hey continued success continued success with what you're doing uh, with this podcast, uh, you're reaching a lot of people, a special Special Olympics people, all your buddies. I know you've done great work with the Special Olympics. I'm so proud of what you've done, uh, but I just know this is the start. So keep going, bud. Keep Thank going. You, Looking forward to talking uh, in the new year. Take care. Cheers. Happy holidays, everybody. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Can't wait for a new year. Yes, sir. All right, everyone. That was Rod Black, TSN broadcaster. And thank you to Rod for taking the time to share his experiences, his moments with us. Um, and it was tremendous to hear kind of his relationships with so many different co-hosts in so many different sports over the years. Um, thank you again to you, the fans, for tuning in to another edition of the show. And we look forward for you to tune in to next week's episode, which will be the last episode of 2020. Until then, stay safe and we will see you soon.